Welcome to the Genius Alchemist podcast. I'm your host, Sarah McBride, and in today's conversation, I have invited on a good friend of mine, Graham Waterfield. I've known Graham now for maybe eight, nine years, and Graham is a true energy master. And the reason I invited him to speak about wealth, consciousness, and money and scarcity mindset is because money and abundance and wealth is a frequency it's energy so I wanted to speak from that angle because that's the work that I initially did around this topic so we could explore it together in that way Graham's got over 20 years experience as a teacher and a coach but he's actually been on his own journey for 30 years now and through that he's become a qualified yoga tai chi qigong and meditation teacher he's also got a background in counseling he offers somatic work as well as psychological and energetic tools to help you transform yourself and your life to become everything that you want to be graham guides you into self-actualization and shows you how to meet your greatest potential as a human being He does this through ancient technologies and modern psychological approaches, which awakens your inner potential, finds the power to overcome adversity and maximise all areas of your life. And he does this predominantly through his energetic skills, which I would say are second to none. So, let's get to it. Hi, so in this episode, we have the amazing... Graham Waterfield, who is an energy master, someone I've known for, wow, quite a while. So about seven years, maybe, maybe a bit longer. Even longer. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Capucha days. And someone I consider an absolute master in his field. So I'm honoured, really honoured to have you on today, Graham. Thank you, Sarah. It's funny, I had, um, I'm getting, I'm getting used to receiving that. And uh, I like I had a a lot of my teachings, you know, have come from different directions, but but sometimes my subconscious mind appears in dreams. And a few years ago, I remember uh, in in this, I had a had a dream, and this this person, this kind of master in the dream, came up to me and said, "You're you're a, a I think he said a great yogi or an energy master, something like this." Mm. In the dream, I turned to the woman I'm set next to and said, "You know." If I'm a great master, we're all stuffed. And then <laughs> both, we both start laughing. But then this in my dream, this this teacher spins around, looks at me, points at me in a really stern way and says, stop it. Mm. And then like stop denying, you know, your your own power. And so that's a journey for me. So thank you. I feel like I can receive that a little bit more than I used to. So <laughs> <laughs> no, that's amazing. And yeah, receive away because, you know, the the experience and everything that you've got. And, you know, we've done we've done lots of swaps, healing swaps and, you know, and, and coaching and stuff over the years. So I've experienced your powers firsthand. So you definitely need to receive that. Thank you, Sarah. And I, I, I would I would say ditto as well. So mm-hmm. uh, Thank you. Yeah, that's a mutual feeling. Mm. Thank you. So the the topic that I felt, you know, we would be able to express most and best is around money, wealth, wealth consciousness, the energy of money, the energy of abundance, and, you know, where that comes from and, you know, to share our experiences about it for the viewers because, it's you know it's something as you know in in fields where there's lots of spiritual or people or healers or people that are doing the work it's interesting because you would think they're doing the work so these have a better relationship with money but there's that tribal consciousness around money and I know we've discussed this heavily um around you know conditioning that people go into almost martyrdom around money. And even if they're good at accumulating money, they're not good at keeping all the money. Or there's beliefs that if you keep all the money, then that's selfish. And it all ties in to energy. And I know we've discussed the energy of money at length. 
and what it means. So do you want to share some of your experience around that? I would love to, you know, energy is great because uh, I love, you know, of course, being an energy person, everything's energy to me. Yes. So when I say emotion, I mean energy emotion. And when I say yeah. feeling, I mean vibration and sensation in the body. Mm. Uh, I think all our, 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 our personalities, I was describing in that dream before that if I won't label myself as, as worthy of money or love or happiness or success, that's literally for me, that's a feeling that I have in the body and the, the feeling and the vibration uh, turns into words and behaviors and thoughts and the way I act and the what I believe is possible for me in the world. So to, to hold a, an idea that, you know, money is bad or I shouldn't earn money or, you know, that literally becomes a, a feeling within the body. And, you know, I talk about the chakra system that's related to the earth chakras, the root chakra. And so I, I literally weakened my ability. I thought I was so spiritual superior for, for, for years <laughs> because I didn't have money. <laughs> yeah. So, can, I I mean, just, can I just say, I find, and I've posted this before, more moral superiority within poor people, the more moral superiority within wealthy people. That's something that I've found. So I'm glad that you said that and touched on that. Yeah, it's so true. And I was so, and it was weird because at one level I felt super spiritually superior. And then I realized underneath that were I felt spiritually inferior. But mm -hmm. I worked that I think that and so that would usually turn up I would repeat, you know, oh people with money are, are you know not really spiritual or they're bad or da, da da da. And a lot of those mantras were also instilled in me in my childhood, you know, from various experiences. But then um, I would notice below that was a kind of jealousy, like, like, why doesn't God, the universe, life, Buddha, you know, why doesn't they, why doesn't that give me money? Because I'd be so, so good with it. I didn't realize that it was my own belief, the, the inherent belief that literally wouldn't let the, the if you like, we could call it poverty consciousness, mm. wouldn't let that. Uh, abundance consciousness in it was me that was blocking it and yeah. it was only and only when I worked with you actually you know through, and through the, the miracles that brought us together and yeah the, uh, the, I mean you cleared that in about two weeks I went from being totally broke for 45 years of my life <laughs> yeah. so working together you literally instilling a new computer program in me that you're worthy of money you're worthy of success and you're and within two weeks of my my income trebled by itself and in a very fun way and then everything I thought I was going to achieve by being broke you know being kinder being you know helping people more when I had more abundance I literally had more to give I started to give even more of myself than I was able to when I spent 95% of my spiritual life meditating on please give me more money why mm. am I so broke so yeah I think there's an energetic feeling and psychological code in the body that is literally when someone meets a, a coach like you that has worked through that within themselves it's literally you can download this mm. this software program and when 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 you can embody that the the ability to receive that abundance is actually beautiful when that shifts that feeling vibration something magical happens and it just all pours in is my, is my experience you know yeah no I, I completely agree and thank you for that um it's interesting because what I picked up on which we probably covered at the time, but when you said you the jealousy and then you're looking at God, Buddha, whoever, and you're saying, where's mine? Like, why haven't I got this? And it's interesting because this is a common belief of something outside of you is going to give to you that disempowerment. Now, although we, are, we embody God consciousness and it's all within us, when we are not looking at ourselves with radical personal responsibility of what can I do? What is it? So you figured it out of, well, the belief has held me back. But a lot of people are in this, get stuck in this pattern where they're disempowered. It's not fair. Life's not fair. Why haven't I got this? Well, what is it within you that's stopping you from having this? And that triggers a lot of people, especially people that have been through trauma because they don't want to take the ownership of that there's something within them 
because it's almost like, well, I've been a victim of trauma once. Do I have to be a victim of life now? When you get a choice, you get a choice to step outside of that and you get a choice to receive. And most people as well, once they've been a victim of something, once it can be very painful, it can close you down, especially in the heart. And then you're not open to receiving or you don't feel worthy because if someone has done something bad to you and you're a victim of that, then all of a sudden that crosses over into other areas of your life. I'm not saying that was with you, but I'm talking about the generic tribal consciousness that we have. But you showed a, a little bit of disempowerment where you said, why, why can't I have it? You know, what, what is it within me? And then when you took full responsibility and loved what you were doing in the process, everything just shifted. It's a huge power play with money, huge. And, and you know, people don't realize that, um, you know, money doesn't go to good people or bad people. It doesn't work like that. Otherwise, we wouldn't have really rich criminals or, you know, politicians, should we say. We wouldn't have really rich people if money only went to good. It doesn't go to good or bad. There's no bias in that way. It goes to power. That's why money is power. And people say, oh, they're powerful because they're rich, because money and power, magnets go together. So we always have to look at within ourselves, when am I giving my power away? And or am I giving my power away? Life's not fair, viewing things as unfair as well. Rather than that, that, that's either what I chose and signed up for before I was born, or it's the cards I was dealt, how I deal with that and respond to that. So um, yeah, it's amazing that you touched on that. Mm. I think there's a there's a saying that really echoes through my mind and it's like um I think I'm coming to the conclusion at this part of my journey that uh, evolution is an evolution of choice mm. it's like you know the evolution of the amount of that say let's say to choose how much love we let in mm. or to choose how much abundance we let in or happiness or health and then I noticed that there's limitations to all those things, depending on my coding that, you know, I got using programming quite a lot, really. Yeah. And then when I changed the programming about how much love or happiness or health or well-being or energy or financial success I choose to let in without shame or guilt, it's like that's that propels my ideas and my sense of self my sense of possibility, the choices I make, and then magnetizes me to, to unseen forces in my experience mm. that seek to, to, to feed those belief structures. And so it's really amazing how, you know, as I, as I stepped up, say, let's look at the financial side, but as I stepped up after working with you with my finances and they start to roll in, I was so surprised at the amount of people that I'd really helped turning on me wow I was, I was like really shocked and a lot of those people were people I'd actually probably given the most support for free or mm. and what really started to become obvious to me is exactly what you're sharing how I became their projection then of wow. their own limitation and instead yes. of realizing oh wow this is possible for me there was that oh why is he favored over me I must mm. be which was then projected outwards and it's a really interesting phenomenon this money yeah. thing I didn't know but, that has happened I, I, I didn't know that has happened to you I mean yeah. I, I, I know it happens because I've witnessed to myself but other people and I liken it to again this um the, the instinctual tribal mentality that we have. And if we were, you know, likened to animals in the wild, which, you know, we can be, the, the, the sheep, the corrective behaviors, if one steps outside, then the corrective behaviors get in line. You're part of the pack. You can't step outside and act differently from the pack. And, you know, I've seen and witnessed that so many times where people become fearful like you're going to leave you're going to leave this comfortable path that we've created where we can all talk about our woes and where we can all talk about you know we can share our experiences and pains but what hang on you're not in pain anymore what's going on 
you know yeah. and then it's like no you come back you you come back and 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 share this space with us in this way so yeah I, re- I really didn't know that that's something that happened to you yeah it was fascinating to see and it was such a lesson for me here's another thing i kind of came to see through that is that whenever I take an exponential leap in my finances, of visibility, wherever it is, always as I either start to make that leap or just before it, I attract loads of people in, or not loads actually, but I, there's people that show up in my life to stop me doing it. Like, oh, you're wow. bad if you do this. Or, and what I've come to realize, because I, I believe in this kind of what we could call law of vibration, Same. is that that they're they're fragments of me they're like they're they're showing up perfectly Mm. to reflect to me what needs healing in me so when I stepped up my visibility uh, two or three people stepped forward and said oh you've become an egomaniac wow there are more (laughs) photos of yourself on Facebook again people I'd, I'd been I felt I'd helped and supported a lot and what what I came to realize after the initial fear response to that of and the fear response is oh my god they're on to me i am an ego yeah that's the initial fear yeah and then i thought oh my god these are fragmentations of my own consciousness mm-hmm. showing up in human form yeah. so that i can experience them process them through my nervous system release mm-hmm. them and say actually no i'm not and in, in, a, in a way, by facing them with a with a no, I'm not, I'm facing the barriers within myself with the, the, my own self-doubt. So in yeah. a way, they're sent perfectly to reflect to me my own limitation that yeah. can be felt, experienced, and then understood as not to be true. Mm. And so, you know, and some sometimes those people then block me. <laughs> It's a strange reason. They've blocked out your psyche, they've gone. Yeah, so. they've gone. Or they or they 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 understand and then go through a process themselves. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting because you know, with my um, my containers, my group containers, which are focused on business, and I get people coming and saying to me, you know, like other coaches, healers, therapists, whoever it's aimed at, and they say to me, I don't want to go through your inner work part. I've done enough inner work. Been you know, been doing it 10, 15 years, and I'm like, okay, so. I'm sorry, but you would be where you needed to be if you'd done the amount of inner work to get there. So, you know, we've all got inner work. I'm still going through it. You know, it's ridiculous just because I'm teaching you these things. And the first part, the basis of the work I start off with is aspecting, so aspect work. And it's like the, the thing that I am a big advocate of is your clients will mirror back your disempowering beliefs. People external will mirror back your disempowering beliefs. So we need to look at the aspects of self and understand ourselves to a greater degree to know what our aspects and fragments are, because otherwise we're going to be held back by them and then they're going to show up and then we're going to blame and go, oh, look at them showing up and being this way instead of what within me is co-creating this reality and how can I shift it? So you've just explained that beautifully. So yeah, we're we're on the we're on the same page. God, it goes so deep, doesn't it, Sarah? These it goes. I, I think it goes deeper than thought, and it's only through mm. really deep awareness we can really feel into those blockages, those little subtle driving factors. Where it's like you know, I, I was saying to a friend recently, like I think the ego the egoic consciousness works on what I call lead and gold. Mm. And so, you know, I, I, I was speaking about this, about um, it's like the, the darkest part of our, our psyche says, if you do this, I will reward you. And if you do this, I will put you in pain. And so this is, so the path of least resistance can actually be to stay in poverty that or, and because the, there's a subtle level of our being that says, if you step into your power and go and out of fear or limitation or um or belief i'm i want to keep you small to protect you you know so mm. i'm going to put you in pain so it's like we have to go through some kind of initial pain barrier to, yeah. to step into it and into a grander version of ourselves mm. so yeah. 
yeah that's what I experienced so thank you for that reflection mm. something um you touched on as well something you touched on um around the almost like the 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 energetics the coding and for me that's something I talk about all the time the embodiment so the embodiment of the thing that you've learned you put it into practice now you're qualified to teach it it's not a regurgitation process now you're qualified to you know and that's a big thing what I see a lot of when I when I see people you know they come off a course and then boom right I'm teaching I'm the best at this you know UK's number one this world's number one that top leading expert in the field and it's like what's your what's your experience not not what not you've come off this course and you've got like the highest marks and this leads me into your embodiment process of abundance. And I witnessed it because I was obviously part of it and how you alchemized it so quickly. And I remember you saying to me, you felt the energetic shift in your body as we were literally speaking and, uh, and talking through it. Mm. And you've now created a course for other people which is completely, you know, in your field with the energy harnessing and especially for men. And, you know, I know you do the, the specific one with men and, and how they can use their energy and sexual energy for abundance and creation, manifestation and overcoming limitations. Do you want to speak a little bit about that as well? Because I think that's your embodied experience. Perfect. Yeah, that's that you see that I love the Taoist idea. Like one, the thing I had to get past was I think in a lot of areas of my life I was quite balanced. You know, I I, I think I was good at accepting love, and health and happiness. I had all those. I think, and the one that was really just limiting me was um, self worth financially. You know, and I, just very quickly, I remember literally a month before working with you. I thought, I know, I'll put on a free workshop and then, because no one's turning up for my paid ones, again, because <laughs> yeah. of my story. Yeah. So I thought, I'll offer a free workshop and then the next week I'll I'll see if I can charge people £5 per head to, a <laughs> to, to come to my workshop. Which is but all fun. your 30 years of wisdom, embodied experiences. Yeah, and, and I think I probably spent about £60,000, I've worked it out over that 30 years on training myself and refinement, you know. And then I, so I, I put the free workshop on, said to people, and this isn't a condemnation of me, it's a laughter of them, it's yeah. a laughter at me. Yeah. And, and so then I said, OK, I think five people showed up and I said, OK, I'm going to put this on again next week. But there's an option to pay five pounds next week. And then the following week, no one showed up. And it was, it was like, wow, what's going on here? And mm. so it needed a really and what, of course, what was going on there is I was scared that I wasn't even worth that. Mm. So it was like that was reflecting back to me. And so I think once I'd shifted that belief, as I started to bring what I call the Taoist, so the Taoist energy practices I teach are, are ways of magnifying what I call the, our energy field, our, our full potential. And so, of course, in, in Western speak, that's called self-actualization. Mm -hmm. You know, how can I become self-actualized, which means to meet the fullest potential of myself as an individual? Now, in the East, you know, everyone kind of knows this, but just reiterating, they call that enlightenment. Yeah. And so then the the so the the Taoist perspective of working with sexual energy or Taoist alchemy is that at the, the core of our being, we're already actualized, you know, which, you know, Maslow said a similar thing that, you know, we're in every moment we're actualized to the level at which we believe that we are or, or we can be, you know, and then so we have this self actualizing tendency which is the desire to grow and break those limitations and so that so our core we could say we're enlightened we're self-actualized and so the Taoists believe that too that at the core of our being we're we're magnificent but what stops that 
is what they call in yoga samskaras, or they, we could call it our neurosis, or we could call it our self-perpetuated limitations, which show up in the, our energy body as samskaras, as blockages that stop us being able not to know that we're this beautiful soul or mm. powerful being, but bring literally what we could call bring heaven to earth, which means to, to, to bring that into the body, physical, grounded experience of being into the world. So you see this in spiritual circles, and I'm speaking about myself here, going through years of mantras like, I am a millionaire, I am abundant. <laughs> so on the inside, there's a belief momentarily yeah. until the next bill arrives i'm infinite i am a millionaire you know I'm yeah. a, I, all the money in the universe is mine and mm -hmm. momentarily we might feel that on me wow yeah i can feel that and then it's like but then we step out into the world of of reality and the ten thousand things as they call in Taoism, and we just can't manifest that some that's the blockage so so the what we could call bringing heaven to earth or embodied enlightenment or becoming our full potential is the ability to remove those blockages to that chi that energy that prana that chi within the energy system chakra system so that we can function at our optimal in the world mm -hmm. and so the the Taoists and the yogis for thousands of years developed through uh, trial and error uh, and, and mystical experiences and all those develop these these systems and so my, my predominant practice tends to be both yoga and Taoism so what I noticed with these practices was that it's actually much easier than we think especially for men to to harness you know I think Napoleon Hill talks about in Think and Grow Rich yeah there's every single millionaire, every single successful man he met in the world had, I think he calls it the emotion. They had very powerful sexual emotion mm. that they were able to transmute as opposed to leak and to waste. And so that this was the realization that all the masters, the spiritual masters also had, that instead of leaking this energy through, I mean, one, one of the, the, the big things that's sweeping the world at the moment more than it's ever been for men is, you know, addiction to erotic in imagery. Mm. You know, I, I won't use the exact words because I don't know about, you know, like uh, the... the, the um... I'm not very PC, so just yeah. what you want. <laughs> I just don't want to, keep, to be Listeners will know this by now. There's lots of swearing, <laughs> and there's lots of unpeace. Well, so, so, so just using the word porn, you know, so yeah. there's this epidemic of of what we could call something that is so highly addictive to men that it literally, we leak our jing energy like constantly through the overstimulation of our sexual energy. Now, the 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 Taoist like Napoleon Hill, Hill said, sexual energy is actually powerful. We don't want to, we, we don't want to suppress that mm. and we don't want to waste it. So we don't want to be celibate and just ignore it and try and pretend it's not there, which just like as Ram Das, the American teacher said, you know, just ends up to us being horny celibates that we're, <laughs> we're not having sex, but we're thinking about it all the time. Yeah. We're just hypersexualized beings. Yeah. But that can happen when we, when men suppress it. And then so the other option is I've got all this tension, this sexual tension in my body. So I'll just release it all the time through porn um, mm. or through excessive fantasy. And again, I'm not holier than thou saying you should never mm. do that. You know, some people like a McDonald's burger once in a while. <laughs> so. But like the but with the Taoist pr perspective is you can actually transmute that. So instead of it leaking outwards and leading to a mind that's that's tired and fuzzy and not intuitive, a heart that's not really passionate and available because of a of a of a of a an inability to to feel that jing that life force coming up from the base center or lower dantian, as they call it in Taoism, these internal energy centers. Instead of that, if we can actually cultivate sexual energy, like as Napoleon Hill said, transmute it. In other words, bring it in and up instead of down and out. Mm. That transforms us. It, we, it, we have a different nervous system. And so that's really a self-actualized nervous system. You know, yeah. it, it's like a part of 
being successful in the world is having an intuitive mind. Yeah. You know, a part of it's having passion in the heart and a desire to create and, and move outwards. But both of those things that it needs chi or energy, which is burning up from from a, you know speaking as a man, but burning up from the base chakra or the lower chakras. And mm -hmm. so when we learn to harness that energy, we we can use it in any way we want. So uh, like in China, they were the they take children with ADHD at school would have the have, have intense amounts of chi and physical energy. And they generally take them to Shaolin monasteries. They say, right, they're not going to do well in classrooms. They need to transmute their energy into the martial arts. And yeah. then, then someone who is a natural healer or empathic, they say, well, well, let's take them to be an acupuncturist or herbalist. In other words, let's transmute that energy through the heart's chakra predominantly. And then someone who's very introspective, loves to spend time in silence and stillness. That's the that's the uh, what we could call the magician in the in the archetype. So let's take them to be a monk or a or a, a you know a meditation master. Mm. So there's different ways of using that energy, but to be in the world you know to to create a business where it's like having a superpower when we know how to bring the sexual energy in as opposed to leaking it out and so that's in a, in a nutshell what i teach men to do so healers can become better healers warriors can become better warriors uh, lovers can become a better lovers magicians can be better magicians it's just a matter of chi focusing life force so in a nutshell, when I do these eight-week programs with men, that's what I'm teaching them to do, to, to reach their enlightened, self-actualized potential to bring that life force energy through. That's amazing because, it, because it's needed and, and it is abundance. It's how do we amplify what we want? How do we amplify what the, the positives that we've got? It's, it's the amplification of all of that, you know, and it's, it's definitely needed in the world now but needed through the lens of someone with as much experience and, and embodiment of, of that you've got as well. Because, you know, think and grow rich is great, but it's reading a book, you know, or listening to an audio. And um the the this is why for me, like and I say you're an energy master because it is that. And you know, we all have our own ways of doing things and and a big part of I feel like my work yet yeah, the code and the program but it's also energetic you know it's the alchemy hence the genius alchemist it's it's alchemizing people's genius zone you know and that's that's where we have to um move at the energy harness the energy and because we're both oracles see us in that way we can tune into that and we can see and we you know we can work with that um you know so it, for me, I think it's really important that you work with men in this way to create that and cultivate that abundance, especially when the mainstream is a completely the other way, as you're saying, erotic imagery, only fans, whatever it is that they've got available to them right now. And that's not to demonize any of that, but that's to say that that's there and that's what's available. So you're showing a path, a new path, a new way. And you've got that embodied experience. And you're obviously in a very um, amazing, loving, cultivated relationship with Sarah, because obviously I know Sarah as well. Um, so, you know, I know the work that Sarah does and also the work that you do together, which again, for me, is an embodied experience. So you're showing men, this is how we release the blockages and the energy to attain this. And yeah, okay, you work with me, but you also, by working with me, you have to still get rid of those blocks in your energy to be able to get to that level of abundance. And then on a relationship, you've got rid of the blocks in your energy to manifest and draw in this perfect relationship. I mean, no relationship's perfect, but if there was an if there was I wouldn't say there was a more ideal couple to teach what you and Sarah teach in this field um with the energy and and you know and all that can be an expression as well so it's almost like the journey of what you've said it's like the self and the and the inner blockages and the re removing blocks to abundance the limitations then moving into 
these men's workshops where you're helping men to get to that level and use and harness their energy. And then you've now moved into, as well as the men's work, the couples work together. And how would you say that fits into what we've discussed? Mm, I, I love the, you see, I love this analogy. I love the mystics. And um, I had a teacher that said pretty much this, the same as Mother Teresa said, she said, uh, if you want peace in the world, you have to first have peace in yourself. Mm. And then, so in other words, we're our first project. Mm. Then she said, second, you need to have peace in your family. In other words, the, the people that you're surrounded by, that can be a, a fa family of friends or whatever, but then you have peace in the family. Then if you achieve that, if you can start to bring peace to the family, not that they may, you know, <laughs> some of the families I see out there, not that the, <laughs> the whole family might be peaceful, but perhaps if, if you can just have the chi and the wisdom to be uh, an ambassador of peace within that context, then you can maybe start to have peace in, in the town that you live in. You mm. can be that peaceful presence and then into the nation, then into the world. In other words, the I think as I found how to have more peace in myself and love in myself, then naturally it's led to the ability to have peace in relationship mm. and then the the excitement thing of that work is you know i'm i'm a bit of a hippie like you you know you like we both want to see a beautiful world and mm. you're so drawn to work with animals as well and yeah, the animal yeah. sanctuaries in that way yeah and, um so i think that what excites me about the work that myself and sarah are doing together is that it's a stepping stone, you know, like f family for me is the foundation of the world because children are, are, are raised in a family and come through a family out into the world. So to be able to offer couples, you know, the, the tools to fall more deeply in love, not is a, it's not just good for them. Mm. It's, it's good for the children that come through that experience. Yeah. And also the, the, those children go out to be in the world. So, you know, it's good for the world. Mm. So, the exciting thing is partly the joy and the love that can be created and what I would call con conscious and healing coupledom, where, whether that's making love, whether that's communication, whether that's creating things together. Uh, that's, that's what excites me, you know, the potential for how that could change the world, you know, having mm. loving families and couples, you know. No, I, I completely agree. And that is abundance in itself, isn't it? It's the abundance of love, of joy. And that's where everything comes from. And the more healed together the couples are, the more open they are to give and receive love, the more open you are to receiving, the more open you are to receiving abundance in all forms, not just mm -hmm. love, not just joy, but also wealth, you know, health, all of it. You can receive, then you open, you receive, you receive all of the good goodness rather than, well, I'll take that, but I'm not taking that. And, you know, I'm not good enough for that. And that's something I talk about quite often as well, about when someone's got a real inability to receive anything. And I'm like, how can you be receiving of clients? How can you be receiving of not just money, but how can you be receiving of clients, of people coming forth and wanting to work with you when you completely cut off to receive them? Because again, there's no bias with the universe. There's no bias in the way it works. It's not, oh, well, we'll send you that, but we're not sending you that. Mm. You know, if, you, if you're saying no to receiving one thing, what else are you saying no to unconsciously? You know, so... I think I think as well another thing as well you know Sarah is that like success is I remember hearing a Deepak Chopra video it's like seven laws of success when DVDs were still a thing <laughs> back in the day I'm becoming one of those people now oh you know when we had tapes well, I, I still talk about videos so blockbusters. <laughs> 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 So it's like, but I remember there's something really beautiful in there. And it said, success is not money. Like money is a part of success. Yeah, the consequence. But yeah, but success mm. is happiness. Yeah. Now, that, that then you could say, but actually you need 
abundance in my experience of finances and beautiful relationship to, to have happiness and, and good health, like ideally. So yeah, I think um I think that's what true success is to to have abundance abundance in your work, abundance in your love, abundance in your health. And if you have that health, wealth, happiness and relate and love, mm. you know, that that is a true millionaire, I think, you know, Absolutely. on all for me, the first thing I get people to do is what's your definition of success? Because there'd be times in my life when I definitely wouldn't be successful by other people's standards. You know, when uh, you can't afford certain things or, you know, you're struggling with cash flow in your business, whatever that looks like. There's been times when I've been through that, but but I'm like, wow, how many lives have I changed? How many people have I touched? Because that was my definition of success. That was what kept me going and that passion and the drive in the moment if I was working just for the money there'd be plenty of times I would have gave gave up so for me the finances is a consequence of living in alignment purposeful passion and Mm. success in that way so defining your own success I feel like is really important for for anyone and using money as a consequence of that because it also takes away the disempowering beliefs of I can't have this and I can't have that because it's, it's, it's a flow state. So you can't be in your flow and attract the right souls that are assigned to work with you in this lifetime. You can't have that and not have the abundance, financial abundance as a consequence of that. But more often than not, like what you'll have seen with yourself, you will have been operating on a level where those clients were only serving you at that point, but they wasn't meant to be your long-term clients. They wasn't meant to be like them, you know, soul aligned clients because they were aligned with your disempowering beliefs and maybe some of your soul wounds rather than your true authentic self. Now you notice a shift because the clients that you're working with are totally aligned to who you are and then they believe in your work so much because they're aligned. So of course they do. So even if your partners, for whatever reason, they would never attack your work because they're aligned with your work. Previously, they were aligned with your wounds. That's why they'd be like, well, we'll turn up to this recession. We'll claw what we can. But we're not going to the five-pound pays on next week because, you know, there's no we don't see the value of that exchange. So that's that's the not the law of resonance with the authentic self. It's the wounds itself, isn't it? Mm, totally. And uh, also uh, on a reflection on that as well, Sarah, it's something you said earlier uh, about the alchemy. And, and I think uh, what you were sharing earlier, I just want to echo back to you, I think, because what I felt with you in the download and it felt as energetic as anything else. And I notice when I sit with masters, you know, like I would I call you my business yogi master, you know, like <laughs> a Jedi business person. And what I really felt of you was your transmission. And I think because of the stories we've spoke about before, about your, your uh, journey around money and your healing, I think because you have such a, powerful you've created that alchemy within yourself so like there's so many ways of doing that and so yeah I just what I noticed with you was your transmission around money because you'd healed that part within yourself was even as powerful as if not even more powerful than the words themselves so I think I would say that you're an energy worker around money uh, but like I talk about chakras and all that kind of stuff, mm. but because of the clarity in your energy body around that and the work you've done on yourself and also the amount of energy and alchemy work you've done through all of your practices, I think, yeah, I just, I, I, I realized that I, I, I wanted to share that, but I, I forgot to share it before. Thank so you. yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to share that. Thank you. I think that's what it is, isn't it? It's the, it's the journey of our inner work. It's the journey of how much work we've done on ourselves. And that's why it's a it's a it's a funny one, money. Because people come out and they're like, okay, I've been on a course for three weeks and I'm now qualified to the same as you. 
just because you might have done a 12 month course and got the same accreditation by a different body. So we've got the same thing. I'm going to negate your 20 years of experience working on this. And I'm going to charge the same as you, you know, and the value of money then, then becomes, and then someone might have an experience with that person and pay that. And then they're like, okay, well, I've just paid that. And now, you know, I didn't get a great experience, but why would I work with you? Well, because the code and the transmission, the energetics, sometimes just being in someone's presence. And I don't care what anyone says. Like I've seen people uh, put posts on about this saying, you know, there's people charging to be in their presence and it's ridiculous and this and that. And, you know, by the way, I don't charge. Just just FYI, I don't charge for anyone to be in my presence. But, you know, there's like people saying, oh, they charge to be in the presence and they do this and they do that. And they attack people in that way and say there's no such thing as codons and this and that. As energy workers, we 100% know there's codons and we have transmissions and energetics. I know just by... I make a decision. I'm I'm a uh, qualified hypnotherapist, and I, I did do clinical hypnotherapy. However, when I'm working with a client, it's not even the hypnotherapy I do. I just make a decision in my mind and intention. The intonation in my voice might change slightly. Boom, they're gone, and they're like in another realm, reality. For me, that's the energy, like what you're saying. That's the energy. That's not. That's the coding. That's not anything else, but it's the transmission. So we know from experience that is true. Like them, that energy code and the transmission, the embodiment. And I talk, I probably mentioned on every single podcast today, embodiment. People are probably bored of me mentioning it, but it's because for me, that that is where your code comes from, the embodiment. And I know I've sat in the presence of people and it felt inspired or felt motivated or they've shifted a belief within me that I've had just by being in their energy. So yeah, there's, there's power in that. I, I think I, one of the powerful ones I see around that is someone like Eckhart Tolle. Um, and people say they feel it around the Dalai Lama and various people, but when they work at walk out on stage, it's not necessarily what they're saying. But every single person, there can be a thousand or more people in the audience and every single person feels like, firstly, they're being spoke to individually. So something inside of them is responding to something inside of the speaker. But they say they just feel a transmission and they don't know quite what it was. And I I think that's maybe the subtle body. We could call it the collective unconscious that uh, I was sharing with you, Sarah, that at um, a big festival I just did, uh, you know, I led a like a meditation there for about, about 130 people. They were, were able to fit in the tent, and I just I can feel there's a different transmission. I've been through a bit of a healing process recently, and I feel the vibration has shifted again in my being. Mm. And when I gave the talk, this guided meditation, you know, long-term meditators were coming up at the end and saying, oh my God, what did you just do? Mm. Like I came with all this stress and this trauma from these things that have happened and it just le- literally dropped out of my body. And I, I, I was, I, honestly, I didn't try and show up my face, but I was as amazed <laughs> as they were. I don't know what I've just done, yeah. but I know that I'm clearing um. A, a bigger space within myself for, yeah. for the wisdom, the healing inherent of life to, to come through me. Mm. But I think what, what the healing work that perhaps we've done in our individual ways, you very much about all kinds of stuff in your life, but you know, in the context of our conversation here mm. about those mon- money codes mm. is that we just become a clearer channel for yeah. the, the potential of life to come through, but without us having fear around certain aspects of it. Mm. So it just we just get worked by life as a very clear channel so that abundance of love and money and health and happiness and wisdom can just come through us without us getting in the way of it, really. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Well, how can people find you? So... I'll put all your details in the show notes, but just very quickly, what's the easiest way to find you? 
So I, I guess uh, come and find me on social media. I'm, I'm very excited because I now have a blue tick next to my name. So I've landed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't be cloned. You're not verified. <laughs> Absolutely. So find me on Facebook under my name, Graham Waterfield. That's where I put a lot of I try and do daily posts and inspirational things on there. I also yes i don't i haven't visited that as much um but i've I've tended to just mainly go through facebook now Um, but also um i have my website which is graham waterfield g-r-a-e-m-e waterfield.co.uk and that i on there there's all the information about my eight week uh, or eight module course that i do with groups of men some men are working with me on a one-to-one basis doing the sexual energy alchemy practices mm. uh, but also you know like yourself like all of the stuff comes in on one-to-one work so i can yeah. work with loads of different ways awesome. uh, i have uh, my partner uh, my couples work on, with sarah is on my website as well and we're running a course uh, towards the end of September there's a few just a few spaces now left on that so if anyone feels called to to come and do some couples practice that that's available too and I do my soul connection course which is also one-to-one coaching of how helping people to connect with their their light that inner driving force and, and to bring that through so that's a few ways of you know people can connect with me well I just want to you know verify and confirm as well that I know that your work is amazing because I've I've had it first hand you know when when we've went into energy work together and different things and you know sessions and Sarah as well so she'd done multiple workshops at Capucha and I've been part of those as well so yeah I'll put all your details in the show notes and Graham it's been an absolute pleasure and honor to have you on and to have this conversation in this way it has for me as well, Sarah, and I can't thank you enough for the alchemy you've performed in my life as well. You know, that missing part was so big, you know, about visibility and being in the world and the the speed and the power you had to transform, transmute that so quickly was, it was like, a, I just saw a miracle happen in my life and working with you. So the honor is equally mine to, to be able to have this chat with you. So thank, thank you. Thank you for that acknowledgement. I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Genius Alchemist podcast. If this episode has ignited your curiosity or inspired you in some way, then I encourage you to subscribe and share with friends. For those that want to stay in the loop and be the first to know about future episodes, special offers and free resources, make sure to check out the link in the show notes. By joining my mailing list or reaching out through that link, you'll have exclusive access to all the latest updates and ways that you can connect with me. I look forward to sharing more inspiring stories with you all in future episodes.